Have you ever bought a fragrance, um, a perfume or a cologne based on the beautiful packaging that it came in or the name that sounded so good and then when you got it home, you were very disappointed when you smelled it? Um, I have. I've done that so many times, in fact, that now, unless I have sprayed the tester and worn it for at least an hour and still like it, I won't buy it. Um, I remember many, many years ago, a new fragrance came out called White Diamonds, and the packaging was beautiful, and it sounded like it should smell exquisite. Well, mm. Exquisite wasn't quite the word I would use, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but it was the strongest smelling old lady perfume I had ever smelled. And I threw away $150 worth of perfume because I didn't want anybody to smell like that. And $150, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to what one lady spent on perfume. Mary of Bethany the sister of Lazarus and Martha had a container of very costly ointment or per perfume. In today's terms, it would be worth probably $50,000. Um, I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't claim to be, but I will share with you guys some personal observation I've noted in my own studies. I can't prove them. It's just a little reading between the lines, if you will. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are all siblings that live together. Their spouses are not mentioned, which leads me to believe either they are widowed or they never married. And even if they're widowed, there's no mention of their children, so I assume they had no one to carry on their name. What we know about Mary is that when Jesus was in their home, y'all probably remember this story, Mary chose to sit at his feet rather than bustle around the kitchen, and she prioritized time with him over being slandered by her do-gooder sister cleaning up the kitchen. Her sister Martha called her out on it. Martha went on to tattletale to Jesus and tell him, Jesus, the King of Glory, she went to tattletale to him to make her sister go do the dishes. <laughs> but we see in his response that Mary's heart was in the right place. I will probably repeat this several times in the next few minutes, but it's worth noting, friends, that even those close to you will misunderstand your motives at times. They will get frustrated because you don't serve the Lord in the same capacity that they do. Draw comfort from the response of Jesus that He looks at the heart and He sees that you have chosen the good thing. Another thing worth noting is that in this place and time and culture, Lazarus was the security for Mary and Martha. They had no husbands, no children, and their only, only their inheritance was what they had to survive on if no one swindled them out of it. Being a woman in those days was very hard and dangerous. That brings me to the point of their desperation. We see in John chapter 11 that Lazarus became sick and Mary and Martha sent for Jesus to come and heal him. Now these ladies had complete faith in Jesus. But Jesus intentionally, intentionally 
waits until Lazarus is dead. Jesus lets these two women feel the brunt of desperation, helplessness, and grief. This desperation shows us even more of these two women's personalities. Martha, I kind of equate her with the female version of Peter. She's very forthcoming, very outright. And so she goes on the attack and she's forthright with Jesus saying, if you would have been here, then my brother would not have died. But Mary, Mary shuts herself away from the world and refuses to come out and see the very one she loved and sat at his feet. She isolates herself. Mary felt things very deeply. She's the sort of person that's all in or not in at all. And she was hurt, very hurt, that the one she loved so much would let her feel such pain. Jesus, the one that made her heart race with excitement when he would talk about the kingdom to come and how things would be perfect again. He let her brother die. Her brother, the only bit of stability and security she had. She and her sister were now alone with no man to provide for them. No hopes, dreams, or aspirations anymore. Just a quiet life of disappointment and unfulfilled expectations and loneliness. There are times in life that you, friends, will pray in faith, knowing that Jesus can change the outcome, and he doesn't. He will at times let you feel the full weight of desperation, depression, and hopelessness to show you that with Him, there truly is no such thing as hopelessness. Mary was entrusted with a precious pain. What in the world is precious pain? You were probably asking. Precious pain is a pain that you carry that no one else understands. Not because they don't want to, but it's your pain, your deep disappointments and hurts, pain too traumatic to talk about or expect others to empathize with. Jesus understands that kind of pain. The Bible says that at the tomb of Lazarus, he wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Why did he weep? He knew he was about to raise him up again. He wept because he saw Mary and Martha's pain. He felt it with them in a way that no one else could. And then, then he turned their mourning into dancing. He called Lazarus back to life. He replaced that precious pain with a precious praise. A kind of praise that other people will not understand. I call it a $50,000 praise because before the Passover, Jesus and the disciples were back in Bethany and once again, Martha is serving, but Mary, Mary went and got her most valuable and prized possession and she lavished it upon Jesus. 
She didn't get a dab to anoint him. She broke the whole thing. She gave every last drop of goodness to him. She wiped his feet with her hair. She humbled herself. The Bible says that a woman's glory is her hair. So in essence, Mary used her glory, the best thing that she had, her glory, to wipe his feet. The disciples were indignant at the expense that she lavished on her king. Which brings me to say, many well-meaning people, religious people, disciples that love Jesus, many well-meaning people will put limits on how much you should spend on the Lord. They are the little dabs should do you folks. They don't understand why you volunteer so much time at church why you go to every service, why you stay after to clean, why you answer and return calls for prayer, why you have to be extra, excuse me, extravagant in your worship, why you can't just lighten up a little bit and forget about the Jesus stuff for a while. Well, listen, if they couldn't understand your precious pain, they certainly will not understand your precious praise. Your praise is a costly ointment a perfume that you pour out before your Savior. It is yours and yours alone to give. Think of what Mary was praising him for, being everything that he said he was. He gave her back her brother, her life, and her security, knowing that in the future, no matter what happened, she would always be taken care of. Don't we as Christians have the same things to praise Him for? Shouldn't we be thrilled that we will see our loved ones again and that nothing can separate us from the love of God? He will never leave us, never forsake us. Friends, break your box. Break your box and give Him every last drop of precious praise that you have. He is worthy. Never mind the naysayers. They weren't there when Jesus saved you. They don't know the price of the pain or the cost of your oil. Pour it out and the whole world will smell the fragrance of your sweet sacrifice and worship. Jesus knows your heart and will accept your gift. God bless you, friends.